Ladies and gentlemen, this is Killing the Business Wrestling Podcast, and this is your main event of the evening. The man in charge of this episode is your host, the limited edition, Vic Musker. As you can see right now, it's a crisp fall day in Southern Vermont, but the, the career of our guest today is on fire. He has been on before, and on November 27th, he faces the daredevil, Dave Dahl, at LAW, Legit American Wrestling, if you, whoever doesn't know that. And December 4th, he the, the current reigning defending five-star champion will be defending in a fatal four-way match. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the region, Joshua Kavan. How are you doing today, sir? Oh, man, I'm great. It's so great to be back, dude. You've been having a heck of a like a heck of a ride ever since you were on last time. I mean, before it was like you had one or two championships and discussing about other opportunities. Now, how many titles do you have right now? I got five total right now. Here, actually, uh, I brought them here for you. I only got four with me. Uh, the other ones with the other promoter, but uh, the KSWA five star belt. Yeah, we got that one in the bag. We just, this is my most recent, the PWX heavyweight title. Uh, We just won that in a casket match against O'Reilly Chambers. Uh, And then my two tag belts, uh, one MVP and one Black Diamond. I hold these with a man whose name is Jay Rue, uh, and we are a team. I prefer not to say it, but I'm going to say it for the sake of the team. Uh, We are team holy shit. Uh, I'm holy, and he thinks you know he's the number two, so he is number two. There's a there's a method behind that, though. It's not just you know we're gonna call each other holy shit just to be cool. There's a method behind it, behind the madness. Yeah, uh, I fought him on that name for um, shoot, probably a month. The first month of us having it, I fought him on the name, but uh, the crowd loves it, so we just kind of keep it. I saw the video you just recently posted about your upcoming event in November. Uh, with Dave Dahl, and I thought it was a really cool, cool video. Uh, yeah, the the direction with LAW, um, whenever it had started, uh, with my gimmick was to kind of keep the mystique of it, the the mysteriousness of the gimmick. So it's something we try to drive home, and I try to uh, correlate my real life into it as much as I can, and keep it interesting, keep it mysterious. And I I think I did a good job with that last promo. I'm actually. Very excited to get to wrestle Dave Dahl on November 27th. Uh, I mean, he's in Retromania. Uh, the man's been all around uh, northeastern United States. He's had tryout matches for Evolve. I mean, he's a, he's a great guy. Yeah, also, the word in the street is you're also going to be in the video game. I am. I am. Just got released uh, the other day for Indie Pro 22, uh, Rebirth of the Territories. That comes out next year. Uh, I can't wait for that, man. First video game. Uh, it's the largest independent pro wrestling video game ever. I think they're going to have 2,000 different indie pro wrestlers on it from around the country. Uh, 200 uh, promotions. Right now, we have uh, three of four promotions uh, that I'm in currently, or four no, four of five promotions uh, currently that are going to be featured in the video game. So it's it's pretty cool, man. Has everyone ever tell you that you look like the more athletic twin brother of me? 
I'll take it. I'll take it. I mean, I uh, I think you're, you're the better looking one, but I'll take the athletic one. Oh, no, you're the better looking one. Don't give me that. <laughs> I mean, I'm oh, doing um around here. They do no shave November to raise awareness of prostate cancer. Okay. So I've always, you know, each year I try to do it and I always fall short because it's just like no hair. And I was on hair and it just drives me nuts. So this yeah, year I'm just, I have a big problem with uh, not shaving. I'm a clean, tight kind of guy. I just, I'm, I, I'm set in my ways. I can't not shave. So don't work for me. You know, it, it doesn't seem that much of a big deal until it's like day 13, day 14. And then you're just like, yeah, this is, this is old. I get, see, I get the trashy look going on when I grow it out. So I try not to, cause I'll get these big, you know, mutton chops on my cheeks and yeah, it, you can tell where I'm from whenever uh, I start growing mine out. So we keep it cut. Yeah, it could be worse. I have a little ball spot right here from when I split my chin open when I was a kid. Me too, man. I have a little ball spot right under here and I'm not quite sure what that's from. If that's just how it grows or if that's because I have anxiety and I like to play with my, my beard a lot. So Nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's better than playing with yourself, I guess. You know, but that's. Yeah. Uh, I guess that depends on who you ask. So th- this rivalry with I don't know if it's a rivalry or not with Dave Dahl. How did this come about? Is it just something that he just threw together, or is there a, a story behind it? Um, on the shoot side of it, uh, me and uh Dave, whenever I first got him to come to LAW, uh. He reached out to us about coming down and working some spots for us and uh, very professional, uh, did some research on him. He's a great guy. So we decided to bring him in. And after getting to see his work uh, in person and getting to know him, uh, I became enthralled with the idea that I would really love you know, to work this guy. I'd like to get a good match with him and see what we could do. Um, you know, during the pandemic, everything happened in the way it was, money being real tight. Uh, we weren't really able to bring him back uh, when we wanted to. And we kind of started up some online heat, you know, to kind of get something moving, to get it booked somewhere, talking about it, and then uh, came full circle. I stepped back from the booking situation of LAW and passed it on. And um, they ended up bringing him back in and decided they wanted me to work him. So, you know, everything comes around for, for the better. And I can't wait, man. It's something me and Dave have been wanting to do for a while now. See, this is why I, mean, I was having an argument with this with some people a couple weeks ago. That's why, like, if something if life happens and you're able to cut some promos or do some online heat, you know, you keep the storyline going. So when the match happens, people are excited for it. It's hyped up. It's like, here we go. You're an AEW fan, correct? Yes. The Adam Page winning the title just does not rub off on me well just because i understand that you know you have you know you have your firstborn you're gonna take some time off that's fine but when you're bidding for the world title don't you think they should have just had some like cut a little promos here and there or like have some online exchanges not just having it be silent for two months bring him back and two weeks later he's a champion I think it was already dead in the water because so many people expected it to happen already and all the leaks. There's really no kayfabe in pro wrestling anymore. There's no secrets. A lot of people knew it was coming before it happened. So I don't know, man. It's That's not for uh, – I don't really know. I, I don't know what I would do in those shoes because 
it was what almost like two years of these guys, uh, somebody waiting for this to finally happen. Uh, could there have been a better buildup in the recent months? Yeah, probably. I'm sure there could have been, and I'm sure they see that now in hindsight. But I mean, I still think it's pretty cool. We all knew, you know, Kenny Omega had a point to prove when uh, he, you know, started doing what he was doing, started collecting all these belts. Uh, he had a point to prove, and I think he he's proven it. I mean, he's the best at, at what we do. Uh, he has just set a fire on the pro wrestling scene and made it fun again and made it something uh, to be excited about. And now it's who's he going to pass it on to? And I think Adam Page is a pretty good candidate for that. I mean, he's a gifted uh, wrestler. He's got a great gimmick. I love it. Um, I'm sure that now it, it's a matter of opinion. Are there other guys that are waiting in line that are probably more deserving? You know, who's to say? Uh, I don't know. I'm sure there is, but that's not, you know, you know how the business works. Yeah, it just seems like to me you can easily have just no skin off anyone's teeth if you have them like like at a dark bar somewhere just drinking. I think like when Austin was thinking about staying with WWF or going with the Alliance back in the old days. You know, just for weeks, you see him just having a beer behind the bar, just thinking. And that 20-second promo would just kind of build up to it. They could have done this without a page. It's like, I just don't understand why. Yeah, just little vignettes and stuff. I mean, that's that's old-school mentality that it's forgotten about a lot. And that's something we, you know, LAW does really good at. And keeping up with is the vignettes and the making sure that stuff's teased and it's built up and it, it, it has a good payoff, you know? So, yeah. It's like, it seems like if AEW's like hits a home run, they really hit a grand slam, but when they strike out, it's just, yeah. Well, just you got to remember when you're like one of the top right now, in my opinion, they're the top company. So when you're at that level, when you're operating at that level, you got so many more eyes on you than you would have originally. And you're going to have people that are watching every move and picking it apart because that's what people do. You could give them greatness every day of the week. One night you don't, and they're going to, they're going to pick you apart. And that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Well, it's like, I wasn't, wasn't going to watch full gear because of it. And I did. And I thought it was still a very good event. Just that last match was good, but it's just, I don't like watching matches when I know who's going to win. Yeah, it takes the fun out of it, man. But that's uh, once you get in the know of the business, it's it's kind of how it is. Yeah, that's that's true. So, who do you think is the better, best person on the mic these days? On the just mic, general, on the microphone these days, just in general, because you see Kenny Omega. You know, when he was champion, he worked the mic. Who do you think? Oh uh, man, on the mic, best to work the mic. Wow, man. Um, nowadays, that's that's uh, that's rough. I believe when it comes to creativity, uh, Caster has a really he's really creative on a mic, man. Um, whether he's you know trying to spit a rap or come out and actually cut a promo, he I feel he's really good at what he does. Everything's gotten so much edgier now, and we're going back to a different type of promo. And you hear a lot of good ones. So it's like them mic skills, man, a lot of guys got them now. I don't know oh, if yeah. any certain one outstands the other at the moment. I haven't seen anyone that's like, hey, that's the guy. You know, that's the guy with the mouth. Not like back in the day in, in Attitude Area, you would have already known. You know, The Rock, Stone Cold, 
They have the charisma on the mic and are going to steal the show with it. Nowadays, it's, I don't know, man, in-ring kind of blows all that out the water anymore. Well, it's just, you. there's like, uh, I don't want to say controversy, but like uh, uh, unclear decision about who's best on the mic. Let me ask you this question. Who do you think is the best face and the best heel in the business today? Best face, best heel in the business. Hmm. I think you can't go. See, now, I, no matter what I say, I'll make someone unhappy with it. I don't really care, but uh, yeah, it depends on what side you look at. I mean, because you got two different feds here. You're going to have a lot of people that say, oh, Roman Reigns is at the, one of the best heels, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe that by any means. I don't believe that he should be in the spot that he is. That's my opinion. I believe best heel to date. Best heel to date. Um, Kenny Omega did kill the the heel scene, but I don't think he was the best. Uh, that, that, oh, shoot. Best face in my eyes right now. Uh, just not, and this isn't like out of what I've seen. This is based off the opinions of the fans. Jungle Boy has completely crushed it. Um, for being such a young guy coming up, I believe Jungle Boy has grabbed the hold of the face, the baby face uh, title and just ran with it. And I believe he's top face right now in any company. Uh, top heel. Shoot, man. If that that one to me is like a battle between so many different people. Um, Kenny Omega does really good at it at, as tag team, uh, like FTR. I feel like was really, you know, really good at uh, being heelish and, and playing up the gimmick. There's so many good heels out there. And that's what I feel like we're lacking a lot of really good baby faces right now. You're right about Jungle Boy. Cause if, if you ask me to say about Jungle Boy last year, I'll be like, well, it's Luke Perry's kid. What do you expect? You know, the connections and everything, but watching him wrestle right now, if he was TNT champion, it would not bother me at all. Because he's that yeah. good. World title might be stretching a bit, but TNT, a good mid-card champion, and have that title for 68 months, I'll be okay with it. I feel like they should definitely capitalize on his popularity uh, yeah. before it's too late. I mean, to have Sammy Guevara as TNT champion, yeah, that's cool. Don't get me wrong. You know, Guevara is really talented. He's good. Uh, he's edgy. Um, but there's something about him that just doesn't fit the – it doesn't fit for me. Um, not with a title pitcher, not yet. But I think if Jungle Boy, I don't think anybody would be mad. Uh, how could you? Uh, I think the kid deserves it. I think he deserves it too. I mean, just watching him wrestle and putting personal opinions down and just watching the product. I yeah. mean, a lot of shit he does, I can't even do. So I shouldn't be. Would you I mean, give him you, you a title fight? Uh, I'm sorry? Would you give him a title shot of one of your belts? Oh, uh, any day of the week right now. Uh, I would go outside in the front yard for all I care. I don't know. Yeah. Right now. Uh, just to have the opportunity to say that I did that. Yeah. Any day. Um, you know, like, and the other guy in AEW, I feel like a lot of people are saying it, it was an overrated pop. Uh, and then there's other ones. Everybody's got something to say. I think I was never a big CM Punk fan. Never was in his indie days somewhat because he was that guy that you could relate to uh he was very relatable 
now he came back everybody i felt like you know popped really big for it i I didn't really care either way and then i saw the way he acted now as a person compared to what he did before or the way that they portrayed him and i feel like he's just an all-around good guy man who wants nothing but the best for the business and wants to see it grow and uh yeah, that's really cool to see, too, because AEW's brought out a different side of a lot of guys you would have never seen over there with the other guys because they don't let you. Yeah. Like, when CM Punk came back, yeah, he marked out a little bit when he came back, but it was also one of those, I'll watch his return tomorrow. It's like, it's 10 o'clock, Rampage is on. He probably won't come on to 11, 11, 30. I'll just catch it tomorrow. I'm not that much of a fan of stay up late and mark right. out. I was Mark out over, watch it on my phone and mark out quietly, you know. Right. So your career in general, what are some of the toughest opponents you ever had in a match against? Toughest opponents I've ever had since the last time I've spoke to you. I have gotten to get in the ring with IWC's first ever super indie champion, uh, Super Hentai. Mm-hmm which he uh, is smaller in stature, but he's very, uh, he's built, man. This dude has got muscle on muscle and he hits really freaking hard. Uh, Did not expect that until I got in the ring with him. Um, But that was like, that was a great, a great match uh, and a simple match. He's a kind of, he's been around for a while, you know, at least 20 years he's been around. Uh, doing the same thing and keeping it going. I also got the chance to wrestle Dennis Gregory at KSWA not long ago. Um, that was really cool. He's another IWC guy, 2PW guy, which is big in the Pittsburgh area. Um, that was a hard-fought match. Uh, I took a lot of nasty bumps uh, in ring that a few people told me, you know, kept asking me, are you okay? You know, hey, that was nasty, but Great guy, uh, very safe in the ring. We had a, a solid match. Me and Jay Rue have a way of just going balls to the wall every time we're in the ring with each other. We just finished up our we're well. We didn't finish up our feud yet. By the time this airs, there's going to be one more match, hopefully one more, uh, December 4th at FanFest for KSWA that we're going to just take care of business and, and end this feud. But that's always good, hard-fought wrestling. Uh, the hardest fought match though, that I have had since I've last talked to you, Vic is for this bad boy right here, PWX belt. That match has not aired yet. I can't wait for it to air. Uh, we had a casket match. We went a half hour of just pure violence, man. And, um, there was a, a few broken tables. Uh, I, I remember hitting the concrete a few times and just thinking like, I don't feel it now, but I'm probably not walking tomorrow. You know, uh, just little things like that. I had a, the, my jaw was felt like, I, you know, I was punching aside the face. I felt like that for, I don't know, pro- over a week, two weeks from uh, a chair shot in the corner. Uh, kendo sticks. I ended up using a staple gun on uh, my opponent and it got bloody, dude. It was it was a very violent match. So that for me was the most hardest, the hardest fought match that I've had uh, since our last interaction. So, so it's funny to me because, you know, you're a man of God, you worship our Lord and Savior. Mm. I mean, 
publicly. Some people like me will worship them, go to church. I'm going to start doing their social media page. So how do you, since it has all that love and peace, and then you go in the ring, what do you have to do to get that mentality to flip the switch and turn that love and peace to come over here as you chase him with a staple gun? Well, well, I mean, we all know that in real, you know, this is killing the business. So, you know, why not? We, we, we talk about the shoot side of it here. So let's shoot. Um, no matter how violent I've ever been in the ring, I've always have a respect for my opponent. And it's always like, you know, we beat the hell out of each other. We love each other though. It's just that there's a story to tell. And I'm a man of entertainment and I have, uh, everybody has darkness in them. It's just how to channel it, how to use it. You know, uh, everybody's got bad. I, uh, I, I flipped my switch to tell the story. Um, the, the story that was told here for this one was just a gruesome, very personal, uh, friend versus friend. A lot of dark things have happened throughout our lives kind of deal. And, uh, it was attack after attack from him to me, had him breaking into my home and choking me out. You know, there was a lot of stuff. So there was a story to be told. And I knew that going in there. So I had to flip the switch and, this is what we do, man. Wrestling is violent. And if you look at some of the, some of the most profound stories of the Bible are some of the most violent stories ever told. And uh, it's about how it's used and how it's perceived. And if you can use it for good and you can channel it the proper way, I believe it's fine. You know, Would it be fair to say that professional wrestling is a lot like rugby you know, you in, in the ring, in the field, you beat the shit out of each other. But afterwards, it's like you have a beer and your buddy's buddies afterwards. Would you say that's a fair assessment? That's a very fair assessment. Yeah, it's like any uh, contact sport, man. It's you go out there and you beat the hell out of each other. You shake hands afterwards and you love each other even more for it, you know, because it's you're giving each other the trust. I'm giving you my body, you know, to uh, to slam around and then to punch in the face. And there's a trust that has to be there for that. And uh, it, I think it, it just, that's what the brotherhood of pro wrestling is, man. Uh, Cause you're so, you can only beat the hell out of each other so many times before, you know, you love each other. It's just uh, to me, I, the way I grew up, you know, uh, you and your buddy had a problem. You went out back and you solved it. You know, you went out and you, you threw some hands and you fought and then you shook hands afterwards and went back to riding bikes or playing video games or whatever you did, you know, that's just, to me, that's life, and uh, it's, that's the biggest thing in pro wrestling, you know? Yeah, but that's life like 10, 15 years ago. Today, yeah, it's like, you know, they don't. They, it's all about canceling you. Forget about fighting because a lot of people – do you see some, like, tweets or some posts that, or comments that you just look at and, like, this guy's never been punched in the face in his life. If he has, he'll have more respect. That's – yeah, 90% of America, uh, I believe. Uh, um, at I believe everybody should get punched in the face at least once in their life. Uh, yeah. You don't like that. I said that, I don't know, sue me, but everybody should be punched in the face at least once in their life. You know what it feels like. It's something you can identify with. And then maybe just maybe they wouldn't have so many keyboard warriors running their mouth all the time, stirring up drama all across the country. And maybe you wouldn't have uh, this watered down generation. And I'm, in that generate and it's that's rough and sad because i'm partially in that generation 
uh, I was just brought up differently and I was around uh, a different generation my whole life. So it's watered down and I feel that uh, tough love takes you a long way. I didn't punch in the face before. I got my face, my lip split wide open. To a, it was from my supervisor at work, actually. And when the uh, corporate guys came, it was like, what happened to you? Oh, my God. I didn't say anything. I just said, was at a bar and had a misunderstanding with someone. Not saying that. I was taking my your supervisor home, and he just punched me in the mouth because I tried to push him in his apartment, he thought. But, yeah, it's, you know, he's one punch in the mouth. You feel that adrenaline rush from that punch, you know? You have a different outlook. That's where it's almost insanity to be in this business because it's what we we live for. I live to be punched in the face. I mean, let's be real. The the chops and the kicks and uh, me and my tag partner, we're really big with the chops. Chops is like, that's our passion. We love chopping. We love being chopped. It's very weird. It's masochist almost. Um but it's uh, we're suckers we're gluttons for punishment man and that's what pro wrestling is if you're not here to take a beating you're probably in the wrong business and when you mentioned about you know you have to have the trust with your opponent to give out good i've seen your matches before you it's not about you know can they land a chair shot just right you do all sorts of flips and everything don't you yeah uh yeah there's a lot of trust yeah, there's a lot of trust that's needed in a lot of that stuff because you can break your neck. Um, for me, it's kind of not only trust in the other person, but having faith that God's allowing me to do something I'm gifted at and that he's going to take care of, you know, and that's every ma- every before every match you see me, whether it's at my entrance, which I'm actually, hey, look, doing right there, um, or I'm in the center of the ring, I'm praying. And I don't do that for show. I'm not just down on my knee acting. Uh, I pray that's that's my time with God That's for me to thank him for what I'm about to do and to ask for his protection and his safety for me and my opponent, because I trust him to take care of us in there and allow us to entertain to the best of our ability. Nothing wrong with giving a little prayer or praying or thanking God. I mean, I do that if, if, when I did my obstacle course racing. I did that before an event, you know, pray, you know, thank God and say, please watch me and the other racers out there. I mean, if I think it gives you more, I think it helps me. It helps me more to relax once I right. get it. Yeah, it gives you a peace of mind. Yeah. So, so what's this burpee challenge you're doing? Because I saw that, and I was just like, hell no, because I was like, I I could barely do five burpees as is, even the peak of my racing career. Yeah, burpees. Uh, I've gained a whole new respect for burpees. Um, so every day in the month of November, uh, for the Wounded Warrior Project, it's to raise money for uh, you know veterans to get um, some mental health and, uh, issues that they ha- may may or may not have taken care of just to, you know, to, to help fund uh, what they're doing on the medical front of uh, returning veterans. But uh, we're doing burpees every day. It's an 830 burpee challenge. Uh, the goal is to complete 830 burpees by the end of November. I chose to break that down. Uh, I, since we last talked, I completely changed uh, my workout routine because of our podcast, I played it back and I saw some flaws that needed fixed. So now every day we've been incorporating uh, burpees. We do 30 burpees a day at least. And uh, we've been marking them in for the Wounded Warrior Project. We had a goal of $200 to raise and we raised that in the first four days. Nice. And we're just pushing to raise money for them. And if that, that means I'm going out there and just killing my legs, 
with some burpees, then cool. Uh, the first couple days I did the burpees, I didn't realize how hard burpees really were. Um, they suck. They suck really bad. And then uh, now that I've done them every day for, you know, this long, you notice a big strength and conditioning change because of burpees. Burpees work the whole body and they do a lot for you. Um, so there's, it's a win-win situation, man. These burpees, it's been a great uh, lesson for me and it's helped out a veteran. So uh, it's worth it, you know, all worth it. Yeah, I mean, they suck, but they, I, there are a lot of beneficial advantages doing burpees, you know, with, especially with your ab muscles and your leg strength. I mean, it's all up there. Yeah. They suck. Yeah, it works That's- the entire core, man. You get your core burning. The core is what holds us together. It's the most important part. So, yeah. So what's going on behind you right now? Are you editing some f- videos or what are you doing? Uh, this is actually my KSWA playlist of all my KSWA matches I have on YouTube to date. Uh, right now, this is Millville days, uh, day two, when I wrestled Yinza and Harley T. Morris. Ooh, Harley T. Morris is actually a previous guest of yours on one of your other podcasts. So, so if you type in, so my audience types in your name and the YouTube search engine, boom, those matches will pop up. If you type in Joshua Kavod on YouTube, you will get not only my channel, but you'll get all of my matches. Uh, some aren't on my profile. There are some matches out there that are on a few other people's, but yeah, it all pops up, man. Do you ever have a knucklehead give you a comment that just really pissed you off? All the time. Um, yeah, all the time. Uh, yeah, I've, uh, PWX one time. Um, I, this is wrestling. People talk crap, but, uh, being a man of God, there are certain comments that I don't take very lightly. And I don't remember the exact context of the comment, but at a PWX show, I was at, uh, two or three months ago, a fan in the crowd who was drunk decided to start yelling some very vulgar things towards me and I dropped it for a second and uh, it got to me. I'm trying to cut a promo and he just won't stop like vulgarity, just completely uncalled for. Uh, So I got out the ring and I called him to the parking lot and yeah, I, uh, people get to you, man. Um, I, I met him in the parking lot. I ended up talking it out with him because it's better not to punch a fan in the face. Uh, But there's that. Um, you have fans that will make off the wall comments and stuff all the time. That it just gets under your skin. Like you'll have days, like I know what the business is. You got to have tougher skin. You can't go out there and let stuff get to you. But it does, man. And any pro wrestler out there, if they say that there's never been something that gets to them, they're lying. Like me, I've always struggled with getting weight, like gaining weight. That's something that I've always struggled with my entire life. As much as somebody struggles losing it, I struggle with gaining it. And you get them comments sometimes, you know, like uh, I wrestled Dennis Gregory and it turned out the crowd was like his boys, you know. Uh, so getting out there, you get a lot of comments made, like, you know, get your weight up and this and that. And it's it, it hits home sometimes. And but sometimes it's them comments that them fans make that will drive you to do something more, to do something better. And that's kind of where I channel it to. But, yeah, dude, fans say stuff all the time. That makes me wish I could go heal real quick and do something stupid. You know? So I noticed on your Facebook post one time, you talked about people just hanging out 
at certain uh, weight machines that you want to use. So just like shooting the shit, you know, talking to shit, you know, stuff like that. How do you handle that? Do you just walk away or do you say, excuse me, um, chop, chop, let's go? Uh, no, I'm usually very respectful in the gym uh, when it comes to that. I'll find a way around it or I'll ask him if they're using it. Uh, the post that I think you're referring to, uh, wasn't so much about guys standing at the machines. It's that guys will show up at the gym uh, to stand at a machine just to gawk at a woman. And I don't believe that's why we go to the gym. It's not why we should go to the gym. Uh, guys will go in, just sit down on the machine and wait for the women in their spandex shorts to walk past and go do a workout. And it's just frustrating, man. Like, um, some of us are actually here to do a job. Like, yeah. to me, it's part of my job. I'm here to work out and I get my body right. And not screw around you know and when i got you over here screwing around because you're here to find some eye candy it's it gets on my nerves yeah i mean if people want to do that work there be behind a desk be behind, bored off your ass and you can look at whatever you want but when you're there when you're past the i worked at a planet fitness and the yellow line was the gym area once you pass the yellow line it's business right it's your business but you know before then Hey, I'm getting paid minimum wage. And I'm working at 4 a.m. I was single at the time. I could look at a couple of women if I wanted to, but I never said anything or this was in front of someone's work, you know, pattern, you know, or anything like that. Or it's just behind the desk. Nothing wrong looking. Right. Just don't screw with any of those routine. Right. So how do you feel after that 17 hour workday? Hmm. Still very tired. Uh, I haven't caught up on that sleep really. I got about five hours in. Got up, handled some stuff we had to do around here, and then hurry up, went to the gym, and, and got uh, got that in for the day, and then uh, got back here, got ready to go uh, for our interview. So 17-hour workday, we went out to uh, Dayton, Ohio, to a little promotion called Extreme Valley Wrestling um, out there with uh, Dan Mathis, uh or ron i'm sorry ron mathis uh ari alexander from ovw uh there's you know some cool people out there bruce gray uh different talent but uh it was it was a drive dude it's like six hours uh mm -hmm. one way uh plus we worked a show it was it was rough man it was the longest day i've probably had in wrestling uh that specific show it didn't leave me feeling better uh, about my 17 hour workday, but that's, you know, what it is. It's sometimes you, you travel to a show to not get what you expect, but you, you do the best you can and you go home and that's what we did, man. So, so is this pretty much like a, a scouting routine or was it just supporting or, uh, no, we went out and wrestled. Um, wrestle? we had a, a, have a buddy that works out there and, uh, we had an opportunity to go out and we thought we, me and Jay Ruth thought we were going out to work each other. Um, and that wasn't the case. They ended up splitting us up. I ended up working a guy uh, who had a lot of ring rust, uh, who did not listen very well, but he was, we had a decent match. Uh, he was very humble, very kind. Um, grateful for that. Uh, Rue ended up working uh, two younger guys who were very green uh, in, in my opinion, very green. Um, but, you know, it, that's what the business is. And it wasn't even so much the opponents that is what the frustrating part was. We got to a show with a broken ring. Uh, the ropes were basically unusable. Uh, and, you know, for my style, that's rough. 
but I figured a way around it and I used it. Um, it was just a dangerous environment in my opinion, just because the ring was broke. And, uh, you know, at that point you're six and a half hours away from home and you show up, I'm, I'm going to wrestle, you know, I'm not going to not do it, but you know, it's, it's, yeah, it was, uh, it's a little frustrating, but we did the job. We came back home. We met some great people because, you know, the, the conditions was, doesn't reflect at all whatsoever on the talent that was there. The people that are involved, uh, good people, you know, it was, it was fun. Yeah. It was fun, but I mean, there's a lot of shitty promoters out there, aren't there? Isn't there? Well, in, in this case, this promoter hasn't been in the best of health. He's had a lot of health issues. This is his uh, coming back. Uh, things haven't really went his way, and it seems to have continued to be so. Uh, so the ring broke. I mean, it's hey, what are you going to do? You know, it happened. Uh, and we had a show to do, so we did it. You know, there was paid fans out there. The ring broke. We had to go. You know, so we did what we had to do. That's what I was, was going to ask. You talked about, you know, wrestling that gentleman who had a lot of ring rust, didn't listen very well, but he was humbled at the end. But someone has like a bad night wrestling you, whether it's ring rust or, you know, just being a douche or whatever. Does it bother you the same if they were like humble and apologize to you afterwards? Is it added to after the match everything? Or is it just you, you have something? Attitude before, during, and after is everything to me. Uh, you don't have to know everything in the world, man. I have had matches with guys fresh out of training that I feel were great, you know, in my opinion, for what, for the knowledge that they have, you know, and go out and put on a great product. It's not always about me, you know, it's about being able to make the other guy look good too. And uh, as long as the attitude's right, I mean, like, the, yeah, the guy had a lot of ring rust that, to knock off, but he was a good guy. You know, he was nice and he was, uh, anything I said in the ring, he, you know, he, he listened. Um, some, you know, it's just, you do have your bad matches, man. You have bad nights and sometimes, yeah, it does leave a sour taste in your mouth, especially when the, the, it didn't happen this last time, but there are times where you'll have a match and the guy will think he knows it all. And, uh, he'll try to act like you're the one that screwed something up or forgot something. In reality, you know, it's not, you can either sit there and argue with him and get yourself more mad, or you can just say whatever, dude, and, you know, walk away. And that's my approach. You have bad matches. Not every match is a five-star great match. Uh, except that, you know, but I like to be confident in my work and I like to know when I leave the ring that you could tell like, Hey, that that's work. You know, that's, that's how it's supposed to be done. Uh, even if it's Bosch City, man, even if it's me trying to save every spot, you know. Yeah, it's about the uh, learning experience, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I've been told so many times, oh, you only 100 episodes in your podcast. You should just start from scratch, start over again. And I was like, why? First of all, I felt like it would disrespect the other guests that's, that's been on to build that 99 episodes. Second of all, I'm like, you can't listen to my how I matured as a podcaster. Right. You know, it's yeah. it's like, all history of the podcast, man. I mean, keep it. Yeah, it's, I right away, I was like, I'm keeping it. I mean, uh, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Which title is your favorite? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, I'm going to be honest about it because I don't care. Um, it's, to me, 
title that's my favorite is where there's more opportunity and there's a better paycheck. And not only that, it's where I've been welcomed in as a family and have felt nothing but at home since I walked in. And that is the KSWA five-star belt. Uh, KSWA has become a home to me. It always will be now. The guys there uh, are an epitome of what a wrestling locker room should be. Uh, they take care of each other. They look out for each other. Uh, yeah, any jokes that like, it's all good fun, man. And the point of every show is to go out and have fun. Uh, and I mean, do the best you can. Uh, it's like the, the face of Pittsburgh is KSWA. Uh, so, you know, PWX is an awesome place. It's great. Uh, no disrespect to them. I love it there too, but KSWA, that's five-star belt, I think is my favorite one because this was the one that was given to me is like I didn't expect it. And this was something that was laid on my lap and was given to me as an opportunity that I didn't feel I deserved yet, but they did. And they let me know it over and over again. I wrote an article about me, you know, been pulled aside. And to me, that means the world to me, man. So this could be a piece of paper and this would be my favorite belt because of what it stands for. You know, the one thing I admire about you, I'm not, I'm not kissing butt or anything like that. Just, I just always admire is you're very, you're a very cool guy about, you know, you're very like, spiritual about God and everything, but you have no problems to be like, yeah, fuck you too. Well, you, know? I mean, like, you have no problem you, saying like, fuck off. But you know, you gotta be honest, man. I mean, you love me or hate me at you're going to have haters. You're going to have people that like you, but I, to me, being real is the best thing I can do. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and be fake. And then you turn around and find out I lied to you. Then you're not going to like me, you know? Uh, I'm going to be real about it. And if it's something that hurts your feelings, then there's a reason it hurts your feelings. And it's not hurting mine, you know? So, uh, like, for another company to see me do that and be like, well, uh, you know, why isn't mine the favorite? Well, sorry, man. They poured something more into me than you didn't. And that's just the facts. And if you don't like the facts, then, you know, I mean, I'm not asking you to pour more into me, but you got to accept it, dude, you know? So, hey, I, I'm a firm believer in the truth, no matter how bad it hurts. Yeah, pretty much it. I mean, especially these days, you give a little bit of the truth and people will cry about it. But back to the good old days, people can take yeah. destructive criticism and takes, you know, and it's just, it's not cool anymore, I guess. Yeah, you can't cancel me, man. They can try. Yeah. I've actually had people write to the podcast and wanting my job as I'm like, I'm the boss here. <laughs> it's like, well, it's, I, I'm, I'm a one man show here. And you try to have me fired. Yeah. You can't, you can't cancel us, man. We're going to no. keep doing what we do. Oh, absolutely. So what are some other upcoming events you have that I didn't mention? So uh, this Saturday, November 20th, I have my first PWX title defense against uh, the hoodlum Aaron Eric Ecton uh, in McKeesport, Pennsylvania. Uh, that's bell time at 7 o'clock. Um, that'll be uh, a fun one. That's my next one. Uh, after that is LAW, November 27th. You mentioned that at uh, the Pretzel Arena in Brewston Mills, West Virginia. December 4th, we're going to be at the KSWA Fan Fest uh, in Three Rivers Harley in Pittsburgh. Uh, December, I think it's December 11th. I think we're back at PWX. Um, I got a big, uh, it's just one big revolving wheel 
uh, that we're doing. But the, yeah, next place you can see me is November 20th, uh, this Saturday at PWX. And if you can, uh, please remind my audience how to connect with you again. Uh, you can look me up on Facebook at Joshua Kavod, uh, uh, gimmick page, The Regent Joshua Kavod. Uh, you can go to YouTube, uh, Joshua Kavod, Instagram, uh, I think it's Jay Kavod, uh, TikTok, Jay Kavod, Snapchat, Jay Kavod. It's everything's Kavod. You look for the glory of God, you're going to find me. Uh, yeah, type it in, man. Joshua Kavod on the internet, pull up a lot of stuff. If you even go on and look, type in Joshua Kavod. Uh, you'll get uh, an awesome interview that Trapper Tom did from the KSWA about me, uh, an article where he writes up my, the story of my life for the most part. You don't have any kids, do you? I do. I have a six-year-old son. Man, because I try to do the whole, like, all the media, like Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook page, Facebook. I can't keep up with them all. Because I'm usually, uh, I, I definitely don't, man. I gotta run over and make sure my son doesn't sacrifice the cat to something. Yeah, I'm not even gonna lie. I'm not that great at keeping up with all of it. I've had to connect everything together so mm -hmm. that, you know, what gets shared on one gets shared on the rest, just so I can kind of keep up with it. But the biggest ones that you're really gonna connect with me on are Facebook and YouTube, because those are my two that I keep up with the most. Uh, besides that, Instagram, it's just kind of like I throw my stuff out there and I don't really pay too much attention to it. TikTok, I'll throw, I'll post some videos up every now and then, and that's that's about it. Twitter, I don't mess with Twitter. I, I don't get it. So, but Twitter these days, Twitter's becoming less drama filled than Facebook, but uh, but that's it. Flip flops. It depends what day of the week it is. Yeah. Well, you always know that you can send me something. I'll share it. Tag me to whatever post you want. I'm okay with it because you know I'll support you 100% because you support me. So let's ball guys got to stick together. I respect that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, keep it clean. Yeah. De December 1st, we're going to do a little video and see if my kids will recognize me without the facial hair. They freaking freak out or not. Yeah. Oh, be, man. There you go. That's, you uh, know. and if you, you don't get the chance. Uh, we're actually working on a documentary right now that comes out uh, January 1st. We're going to drop the first episode. It's an indie wrestling documentary. It's called The Indie Road uh, 100 Shows, and it follows the the career, basically, of me and J-Ru, along with a few other guys, a lot of cameos from other uh, talent from you know our area and anywhere that we go. Uh, but it's, it's going to be riveting stuff right now. It's on Vimeo, but if you go to Patreon backslash Gamer Got a Game, uh, become a, a member there. You get exclusive access to a lot of stuff. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, the trailer's out right now. If you look it up, yeah. it's actually on my profile. Uh, you can go watch that trailer on Vimeo. Dude, it's, it's, we've been working hard on it. So uh, it's, you're definitely going to want to see it. We go under the microscope uh, of almost every aspect of our lives for this one. So, yeah. Now you mentioned, I did see the trailer of it. It's on your, your Facebook page right now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Well, someone like me appreciates all the hard work you've done. I thank you very much for coming back on the show again. And anytime, man, you know, you're more than welcome here. Just if I don't shake your cage, shake mine. Definitely. Oh, uh, yeah. You ain't got to worry about that. I, I'll always be right there up in your face, Vic. You're going to always going to see me no matter where we go. Hey, man, you always got the podcast. All you got to do is message me. I'll always come on, man. I have a respect for you. 
you've been good to me. You know, it's nice to be on here. Uh, always a pleasure having you on, sir. Thank you very much for coming. Good luck on your title defenses. And we'll, my wife's going to be posting the link up for this episode because I'm in Facebook jail. So, But the links are going to be shared definitely tomorrow. Okay, yeah, man. I, I can't wait, dude. I can't wait to play it back. Even if I have to do smoke signals, put a little thing on a pigeon to have it fly away, it's going to be out there. Yeah, I mean, if it goes to YouTube, I get all your notifications, so I'll check it out. <laughs> I feel sorry for you. Okay. <laughs> I thank you very much for your time. Good luck for your title defenses, and we'll keep in touch. Absolutely. God bless you, Vic. Uh, take care, man. You too. Thank you very much. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye.